0: A world of history and architecture. A world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel.
1: Greetings, students, and welcome to this special edition of The Professor Travel, domestic edition. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. Hopefully, this will develop a discussion between you and other members of the community. We hope this inspires you to travel more when you have the opportunity to do so and enjoy life more. Now, you can always reach me on my website at theprofessortravel.com, but you're also welcome to find me on both YouTube and Facebook. Facebook at the Professor Travel. I am available on TikTok at the Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. I'm on Twitter if you're a Twitter er, 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 at the Professor TR1. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at the Professor Travel.blogspot.com. Today I am so thrilled to have a visiting professor back for the Oh gosh, I think this is the fifth time we've had conversations. Well, the fifth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome again, our visiting professor, Marissa Paul Frederico. How are you today?
2: Hey, everybody. Um, I'm not bad. Uh, we can breathe again here in Oregon from the forest yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, right.
1: yeah. It's such, yeah. A crazy, it's such a crazy time with all, the, with all the fires that are going up and down the West Coast right now. Um, so today, we're going to talk a little bit about Oregon, but before we do that, and as is evident from your mug that you're drinking out of right now, yay, Oregon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of my students who have not heard your previous vlog or podcast, can you give us a little bit of your credentials, such as your educational background, and maybe some places that you've traveled Sure,
2: um, I have my educational background is varied. Um, I teach college. I teach uh, both the uh, undergrad and master's level um, international business. But um, I have traveled all over the world, and I spent over twenty five years, almost thirty years, in the travel and tourism industry. Um, so you know, I but but I do teach international business. So they kind of combined the old career with the
1: new career. <laughs> <laughs> and then
2: and, and I know I'm a photographer also. That's I mean that's my that's my passion. That's my love is being a photographer. So
1: Yes. And of course we're gonna be talking about domestic travel on this specific occasion. And you've traveled all over the US as well, correct?
2: Yeah, I have. I mean there there are a lot of places I still have yet to visit, and my, my plan was always um, you know, once I got older, I would, you know, settle down and do things easier domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding, I'm you know, you know, life used to be out here and now it's right here. <laughs> so, um, I'm hoping to still get a lot more international travel in, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I have been quite a few places domestically.
1: Excellent. Well, on the topic of Oregon today, we're going to talk a little bit about a variety of different things, but let's start with our history. Talk to me a little bit about what you're aware of in terms of the history of Oregon.
2: Sure, you bet. Um, I I haven't been living in Oregon that long. Um, maybe about six years now, five and a half years, uh, almost going on six. But it, it's got a really interesting history, and um, not a good one. It, not in a good way. Uh, aside from the Oregon Trail, which are, you know pretty much everybody knows about. Um, you know, all the settlers coming west went via the Oregon Trail for the most part. Um, it, it 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 has a very racist history which is kind of sad. Um, it was a whites only territory. Uh, you could, um, unless you were a slave, <laughs> if you were a slave, you could stay, of course, you had to stay, um, but even post-Civil War or leading up to the Civil War, I should say, uh, it was really, if, if you were a free um, a free uh, black person uh, or even um, Hispanic, you could you know, come and work on the farms, but you had to leave. <laughs> In order to get statehood in 1859, uh, they were forced. You know, you can't be a whites-only state. Uh, So you either stay a territory or you change your policies. Well, they changed their policies, but there's there's still um, vestiges of that left in the state today. And I don't mean necessarily by the way of hardcore racism. Although there is, this is America, but it's it's more just the fact that there is a much higher white population here than in other states, than in a lot of other states, okay. especially on the West Coast.
1: What about more recent history? What Anything really huge or monumental happened over the last few years since like the 1950s?
2: Um, yeah, actually, I mean, Portland became really kind of a mecca for um, – Creativity and arts, and and so you see that Oregon has become very diverse in the or uh, sorry in the Portland metro area, um, and even Eugene and Salem, um, Eugene being a college town, Corvallis being a college town, uh, because of the college towns and the the draw of these colleges, uh, they're very good universities. Um, it, it has become much more diverse, so that's really good. It, it's also because of that and. We'll, Talk about that towards the end become you know a lot more political, um, a lot more liberal politics that uh, happen here, uh, which is a good thing, um, you know. But it, it's got it's got good flavor. It's it's a you know it's really a melting pot of ideas here.
1: I'm I'm really quite taken. Like when I look at the different states and how they evolve, I, I almost look at Oregon as kind of a time capsule because it seems like you know from an environmental standpoint they have a vestige of a huge amount of forest still and they yeah. have have a lot of nature involved with that has not like we could talk about the timber industry and we'll talk about that shortly but um it's you still have vast amounts of forest vast amounts of very very lush community so when people go there i kind of almost think it's this, like it's unchanged since the 1800s or when settlers started to come out initially yeah. See, in a lot of
2: in a lot of ways, you're correct. I mean, it, it's not as populated as um, most other uh, states in the West, or you know, and I don't mean just West Coast, but you know, west of the Rockies. It, it's it's less populated. Um, but primarily, I mean. It, it, <laughs> We've talked about this. There's a Bigfoot Festival every year, except this year, of course, because of COVID. But, you know, when people talk about things like Bigfoot, oh, you know, come on, how how could you have not seen something? Well, when you get a look at some of the dense forest here, just (laughs) outside of Oregon, like in between where I live and the coast, um, you could see where some unknown species could be living and that no human has been back there um in you know a hundred years because it it is very dense forest it's a rainforest
1: well and yeah and that's another thing you know when people think in terms of forested areas there are places down in south america that have not been touched by humans that that still have tribes that like almost never see anything and there have been anthropological studies on that too which i think are fascinating but let's but i digress let's let's move into the geography of the area since we're already talking a little bit about that talk to me about talk to me about some of what it looks like
2: well, Oregon it has uh, you know, like like California, Oregon has some really diverse uh, geography. If you go west of the Cascade Mountains, which you know it, it's um, it's considered Eastern Oregon, it's much more desert. Um, you, you do get it's high desert; it's not low desert. So uh, you know, it still gets snow and what have you. Um, Western Oregon is very wooded and and foresty and rainforest and dense and. Um, We get rain nine months of the year, uh, which, you know, is a good thing, Uh, as it turns out. Um, So it's it's located in a really interesting area, the Pacific Northwest in in its entirety, uh, Washington, Oregon, and parts of Northern California. Uh, very foresty, and um, I mean, there's a lot of fishing, uh, crabbing. We, I, do, I go crabbing every year in Ooh. November. Uh, catch my own crab. Yeah.
1: Oh wow, crab! Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I put on my, my put on my crabbing duds, and I you know go out there, get on a boat, and we catch our own crab. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really diverse.
1: Excellent. And I know that California and um, Washington border. Is it uh, Idaho's the other? Idaho. Border? Okay. Idaho is the other border. Okay. Fantastic. So in terms of the weather, we already talked about the saturation points and the precipitation that you guys have a lot of. Does that create like mudslide issues or anything kind of crazy like that?
2: No, no. And in fact, it's really interesting coming from – excuse me. Originally being from Southern California and dealing with mudslides and what have you. No, um, because it's a rainforest, first of all, it's it's geographically – Set up for that. Uh, it's it's you know not low desert like Southern California, so it's it, it's accustomed to it and it's set up for it. On the other hand, we don't get huge uh, storms, um, except for the other night, which was really we enjoyed. Uh, and typically, it just uh, piddles <laughs> all the nine months. You know, um, we we joke around and we say, you know, if you are using an umbrella uh, in Oregon. You are a visitor. <laughs> You're not from here because the hoodie is the state uniform. Um, <laughs> is, pull your hood up because it's it, you know it's it's a it's a drizzle yeah. all for nine months. Okay.
1: So and, and just again, in reference to why it was so nice to have that rain a couple of days ago is because obviously you guys have the, the wildfires that are raging up and down the coastline. Um, yeah, you know, like all the way from, from Washington down to Southern California, actually all the way up to Canada. And I think all they were having problems. Yeah. yeah, they were having challenges too. Um, any like, like when I think of Southern California or when I think of California in general in terms of natural disasters, I think of earthquakes, obviously. Um, but that's pretty much about it. Like, is there anything that, you have to worry about it in Oregon in terms of that.
2: Oh yeah, volcanoes. Oh. <laughs> we we sit right on the on the Pacific Rim with all the volcanoes. I mean, we're <laughs> surrounded. Um, when you're in downtown Portland, um, actually, from from my house, you can see Mount Hood, uh, uh-huh. so it is visible. Um, but when you're in downtown Portland, if you're on one of the bridges going across the river, you can see. Mount Adams. You can see Mount St. Han- Mount Han- Mount Helens, what's left of it. Um, yeah. You can see, of course, Mount Hood, which is the closest. So, yeah, we're, we're really in the ring of fire here. And um, although, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not happened in our lifetime, that doesn't mean it can.
1: Well, but I mean, like St. Helens erupted in 80, and I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And that was and it, that it blew the side of the entire mountain off.
2: Well yeah, and, and what people don't realize, and <clears> I didn't realize at the time, is you know, you, you think okay, Mount St. Helens is in Washington, you think immediately, oh, you know, Seattle and what have you, but no, it's actually closer as the crow flies to Portland. <laughs> uh, so Portland actually got more of the ash than than Seattle then.
1: Oh, I remember getting ash in Southern California. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was in the, uh, I, the, I'm dating myself now, but I was in the <laughs> third grade and I remember ash falling out of the sky when that happened. It was crazy. Yeah. And the air condition was, or air air quality, air quality. was yeah. terrible. And they were like, no, you need to stay indoors as much as possible over the next yeah. week or so. so yeah. I was
2: older than the third grade. <laughs> just
1: barely. Just barely. You were like a year older, maybe. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Awesome. So the culture. Now, this is where we really get into a diverse difference between, say, Washington and Oregon. Because when I think okay. of Washington and Oregon, they're very intertwined, but there's definitely some very, very different – very different things that go on between the two states um is there a predominant religion within oregon no no there isn't
2: um it's really a mishmash (laughs)
1: okay now the art community on the other hand is very very different whereas in say for example the state of washington the the art community is not as well-rounded or diverse but when i think of the art community in Oregon, I, mean, I, I obviously gravitate towards the more chaotic art, the more mm-hmm. contemporary arts, the you know, uh, murals and graffiti. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things, I think, are that are quite interesting and beautiful about that. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, one of the things I want to mention, just in reference to even music, when I flew into the Portland airport the last couple of times, they would have students from the University of Portland I think, or the University mm-hmm. of Oregon, um, at the actual terminals playing music. And so you got oh, yeah. to, like, you're you entertained as you go through the terminals with Absolutely. everything from violinists to, there was an earth harpist there that, had, that literally had this monster, yep. like for anybody who doesn't know what an earth harp is, that thing <laughs> is the size of the entire room. It's crazy. Um, so, I mean, you're obviously entertained while you're at the airport, but that just goes to show the differences in the various different types of arts and community that you have in that general area. Like, can you elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Sure. It, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, Portland is, uh, it, it is very diverse as far as art goes. You can, you can really pretty much find anything you want. Uh, we ha- of course have mainstream art. Uh, we have the the Portland five, which are the five theaters downtown that do all the Broadway productions come through, um, which I go to on a regular basis <laughs> until now. <laughs> um, and um, but yet we also have, you know, a lot of community theater. We have a lot of eclectic art, um, street art. We have. Um, you know, it, it's really it's really become one of those um, cultures, as regard with regards to art, as you know, letting people do what they do. And you know, the the saying "Keep Portland Weird." You know, Austin, Texas, and Portland have always argued about who said that first, <laughs> uh, but we've actually taken it seriously and painted it on the wall. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> "Keep Portland Weird" is is a saying here. It's the unofficial Portland slogan uh, for a reason, and it's because we really. Like the artistic endeavor of of people doing doing artistically what they want to do. I mean, we have a naked bike ride every year. Um, you know, this year that this year it wasn't completely naked. I think they were wearing masks, so you know, it, it was an allowance. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's, it is very diverse, which makes it a lot of fun, actually.
1: Absolutely. Now, in terms of language, I think it's predominantly English in most of the area. There's not really a huge Spanish-speaking or French.
2: There isn't. And the interesting thing about Oregon is, I mean, we do have large Hispanic populations, but most of them have been here for um, for decades, or even you know, even longer. Um, you know, <laughs> three and four generations. Uh, so you know having been here for three or four generations they they mostly speak english um of course there there is spanish spoken here and you know i love when i get the chance to use my spanish um but but yeah it's a lot of old families um hispanic families which you know it becomes very if you get a little bit of both but mostly english here okay, okay.
1: And let's move on to one of my favorite topics, which is food. Uh, the food <laughs> community in Portland and in Oregon in general is very diverse. What are your favorites? What are your favorite like either restaurants or food items that you got that are that primarily gravitate towards your area? Because I mean, I will say the the only thing that I've really heard of and again, it's a it's a touristy thing is the voodoo donuts thing, but that's that, very that's, touristy. Very touristy. Local, locals
2: don't lie <laughs> about voodoo. <donuts. laughs> no, but me,
1: no, but talk to me. No, but but talk. To, well, yeah, I like them. They're they kind of cool. It's like, oh, I got a pink box. I'm taking that through my through customs or whatever. Um, so, uh, but talk to me about what are you, what what are some of your favorites up there?
2: Well, Portland is really known as a foodie city. So it's kind of fun. Um, some of the best restaurants in the world um, have opened up here. That uh, we, I think, we even have a Michelin, a couple of Michelin star restaurants. Mm. Um, we're known. One of the things we're known for are our food carts. Oh. Uh, we have food cart pods all over the city, uh, even in the, the outer, in the suburbs, which is kind of where I live, just Portland Metro, but it's just outside of Portland city. Um, I live in Beaverton, and we have food cart. Food cart pods, um, which are extremely popular, and a lot of the major restaurants get their start as a food cart pod. Really? Yeah, that, that our food cart pods have been written up in magazines like uh, Bon Appetit and you know, all these you know, um, foodie magazines and what have you and wow. foodie news programs uh, because it, it's just um, – it, it's really – there's a, a wide variety of food here. Some of our best is Indian food. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite restaurants, and I'm going to give them a shout-out, is Chinat <laughs> Masala in Beaverton. People will come from all over – the Portland Metro area to come to this particular Indian restaurant, even though we have tons of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they're just, <clears throat> excuse me. They're just well known for their exquisite food and they deliver to where I live. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we have, we have everything tie, you name it. Um, we're, we're very big on bacon here for some reason. It's, it's, it's a bacon crazy city. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how that happened. Maybe hog farmers. I don't know. Um, but we really have a little bit of everything. If you want it, you can get it, except there isn't a really good Jewish deli. And that's the one thing I miss.
1: You know what? It's so funny that you mention that because, like, I've been all over the world, as have you. And mm-hmm. while New York had a few good Jewish delis. My favorite was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I don't know why that's, yeah, it's, it's like, and here, even here in Southern California, it's like, there's some yeah. good ones, but it's like my favorites haven't necessarily, been, like, I guess it's a matter of taste too, but yeah, speaking, by the way, on Rosh Hashanah, by the way. So uh, yes. happy, New Year. <laughs> happy New Year to you too. Um, so in terms of the sports teams and recreation, talk to me about some of the sports teams that are up in your area.
2: Well, I mean, this is Nike town, so i got to tell you, uh, sports, is, sports is in our blood here, even though my idea of sports is going from my desk to the coffee maker. Um, we have a really good sports teams here, um, be, uh, and Nike has sponsored so many of them to become the great sports teams they are. Um,
1: uh, I know that's Trailblazers.
2: The Trailblazers, of course, the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also called Rip City. I don't know why. I don't know really what I mean. it means. <laughs> it has something to do with basketball, but that's all I know. Yeah. Um, trailblazers are huge here. We have. We don't have our own football team. Uh, uh, people tend to root for the Seattle Seahawks if they're going to root for a team, or it's a free for all mm. uh, with football. Is there, slip.
1: is there a baseball team?
2: Um, There isn't a a professional baseball team. Um, Well, I shouldn't say there isn't a um, a, an A league professional baseball team, Um, but we have the local Portland. I'm sorry, uh, Hillsboro Hops, which is a farm team. Um, uh, Hops, as in you know, which make beer out of Mm -hmm. because that's that's part of our food culture. By the way, is (laughs) more breweries (laughs) than any other state. Uh, More breweries and more strip clubs. It's really a weird place, but. Yeah, I don't don't ask, um, but yeah, we we don't really. But w- what we do have is professional soccer, and professional soccer is huge here. Uh, the Timbers oh. are, is the male team, um, and I ah, can't remember the female team. But the fans, some of the fans are known as the Timbers Army. Mm. And they take it seriously, and uh, don't cross them because they're army.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen soccer all over the world, and people die when they when they start to cross other teams. It's it's oh, it's not it's not pleasant. Yeah. So. I mean, now, that's, now that that's the case in the United States, I don't think no, I don't think we've no, had any.
2: No. I mean, we take Army loosely, you know, yeah. but it's, yeah, but there is a
1: sports Army. Yeah. yeah
2: they, they love their team.
1: And yeah. again, just to confirm, there's no state holidays like King Kamehameha's birthday in Hawaii or Founder's no. Day in Utah. Okay, good.
2: Unfortunately, no. We wish there would be, but there, no.
1: Well, like every day's holiday there, you know?
0: Yeah, fair, fair,
1: fair enough, yeah. <laughs> now, the population, um, so the population of Oregon is just a little over 4 million people, So, um, which I imagine most of them are congregated around those cities uh, primarily. Yeah, but there's, there's still a relatively large rural community, and like, as you said, you know, you guys do grow different types of products and, and have those in your area. Um, especially if you have things like, you know, uh, beer and, and, and that's one of the major mm-hmm. producers in the area. So, I mean, there's lots of different things that are, that are amounted from there. Uh, yeah. but as we talked about, as far as the businesses go, there is a huge number of major oh, yeah. grade a companies that are based in Oregon. And can you elaborate on just a few of those?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Oregon or in the Western Oregon, I should say, Portland area, um, has become known as the Silicon forest. Uh, because we, I mean, 1972, uh, Nike started out here in a garage. Uh, my wife works for Nike. So, mm-hmm. yeah. cool. <laughs> so I'm allowed to wear Nike here. I oh, uh, we it. don't mention the other company that is also here, Adidas, uh, but they're, they're, they have a much smaller presence. Nike, well, you know, if, uh, if the shoe fits, if the shoe fits um, here in Beaverton, where I live, this is Nike Town. Um, they have, it's like six city blocks. Uh, it's it's a massive campus with a lake in the middle. Mm. Um, it's quite impressive. Uh, the largest employer is Intel. Mm. Um, Intel is also out here in the Beaverton Hillsboro area, more, more little more towards Hillsboro. Hillsboro, sorry. Um, and huge employer, largest largest employer uh, in all of Oregon and then Nike. We have Columbia Sportswear, which is headquartered here. Wonderful stuff. Also in Beaverton, uh, there's Daimler um, that has a, a, a large presence here and And then the Collins companies, which also it, it, you also have warehouser uh which you know the, the paper companies, because of course Oregon's history was a logging, and it still is we we it, it's amazing when you see these logging trucks still today, but we don't deforest um, we we replant mm. um so the, the, nothing is clear cut. Um, areas are cut and then they're planted, they're replanted with a date and that area, they won't go back to that for 20, 30, 50 years. Um, and, and 75% of, um, of the, let me see, I have to, I have to look at my statistics excuse me. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 75%. I was right. 75% of all of the, um, uh, forest products, whether it's wood or paper, or Christmas trees is it comes from private property, and but it's always replanted and replenished. So we're very big on you know you, you know you take a little bit, but you give back more.
1: Absolutely. Now let's talk about the travel and transportation. This is an area that I'm not totally familiar with in the Oregon area because when I think of Oregon, obviously as we've made mention a number of times now, it's a very lush area. There's a lot of trees. So naturally I'm thinking, okay, well it might be like a lot of off-road and there might be some, uh, maybe some challenges with just getting from place to place. But you, you seem to infer earlier, um, when I spoke with you prior to the recording of this, that that's not the case, that there's actually a fairly robust transportation sector in there.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, uh, as far as Portland Metro goes, we have the MAX, which is a light rail, and it goes everywhere. Um, it goes, you know, all up, out to all of the suburbs. Uh, it even goes right into the airport at the terminal. So oh, it nice. makes it easy for someone to go back to the airport or, you know, leave the airport and get someplace they need to go without having to deal with a car, a rental car or an Uber or anything like that. Um, so where I live in the suburbs, yeah, we have light rail and that's, we use it, you know, a lot of times when we want to go into the city, which is, you know, 10 minutes away mm-hmm. by car, but um, even still, so we don't have a lot of train depots. They used to, of course, uh, the rest of it is roads. Uh, if people, you know, use the roads to get places and, and we have a very good road infrastructure. Um, they're not huge roads, although the I five does come right through Oregon and is a highly used road. Mm-hmm. But we, um, you know, when you're out in, we have good farm roads. And one of the fun things to do is, you know, when I drive to work, uh, when I'm teaching on campus, I typically will go the farm roads because it's, it's fun. I just love, I just, I mean, <laughs> It's beautiful. I ha- it's an, it takes it would take me like an hour to get to work, and by the time I got to work, I was so relaxed because I'm just in the middle of the farms and the you know it, it's just beautiful. So our roads, uh, our road system is very good. You can get anywhere you need to get. Um, you know, occasionally you'll go somewhere and you, you'll hit maybe a dirt road, but you don't need to go on that dirt road. There is always a tarmac, a beautiful tarmac option. So
1: okay, and, and yeah. by the and obviously we talked about the uh, Portland Airport, which I think is just one of the most beautiful ones i've been in in a long time and then um for in terms of tourism within your area what would you say are the highlights of someone who wants to go to oregon like why would why would a person want to go make oregon a destination
2: well mostly mostly it's to come to portland i mean you know i personally have been all over oregon because i you know get in my car and i do photography shoots and in fact we're going to talk about one of those next week but um I, you know I really enjoy all parts of Oregon because there's just beauty everywhere here but people tend to come to Portland because it, it's such a diverse city and there's a lot to see and do um, you've got you know the Willamette River going right through you're not far from the Columbia River just on the other side um, of Portland and, and then we're, you know, an hour and a half from the ocean. So um, you, you get, you know, Cannon Beach and seaside and, uh, you know, crabbing. And it, there, there's just a lot of different stuff to see and do here. And, and Portland is a fun city. If we could, in fact, I, I've somewhat termed it like San Francisco light um, because it's much smaller. It's, it's easy to navigate. But it, it is somewhat reminiscent of San Francisco, but with really, really nice people. <laughs> uh, everybody in Oregon is really nice. That is one thing I will tell your travelers. If, if you want to come to a place where people say please and thank you and you're welcome and hold doors open, Oregon's your place. And we don't talk here. Oh you no, know, we'll, we'll wait until the light turns red, and then we'll get out of our car and say, are you okay? <laughs> we don't talk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing here.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some government information. Now, I believe that the state right now, at least, is predominantly uh, run by the Democratic Party. It is. Um, it's a blue state. Yeah, so it's a blue state. <laughs> uh, talk to me a little bit about your knowledge about what goes on, because you've done a little bit sure. of lobbying in your days.
2: I have. I have done lobbying. Um, I used to be the vice president of the Liberal Gun Club. Okay. <laughs> I know, it doesn't sound like it belongs in the same sentence, but um, believe it or not, we, we have a huge liberal gun population, <laughs> owner population here, uh, because Oregon is, is, having been so rural and what have you, it's not because a crime, uh, but because of being so rural, um, you know, gun laws are very, very lax here. Uh, we do have them, but, you know, we... It's just because it's it's always been the way it is. But um, so as part of that function, I would go to um, the state government and lobby uh, with my friend who was the president. And, you know, we would lobby Democrats that were staunch gun opponents and say, look, this is – this, these are some of the measures w- that we also like for gun safety. Um, but, you know, let, let's not get crazy here because craziness one way or the other is is going to lose elections. Um, but we have an interesting state government. It's really kind of mixed uh, out of the cities. It's m- mostly Democrats and rural areas. It's mostly Republican. Um, that's that's it's, it's a it's a really uh, small picture of what the rest of the country is like. Uh, rural, red, city, blue.
1: Yeah, I would probably agree with that. It's It seems like a lot of places up and down the West Coast are really very blue. Would you... Based on your opinion, and and last time, and I'll I'll give you a little snapshot story. When I flew into Portland, I had an Uber driver who I was talking with on the way to one of my campus locations, and he was indicating, you know, that there's a certain amount of the population that's not very happy because you have a lot of people that are influxing, uh, moving into Oregon from California because the property prices are very inexpensive.
2: Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore.
1: (laughs) So I I guess my question is, you know, is that primarily where the influx is coming from? Is it from California or like it is. And
2: and, and we we have a very anti-California sentiment
1: here. Um,
2: I I know a lot of people here that that were originally from California, but I tend to say I moved here from Utah rather than, (laughs) and I did, I moved here from Utah. Uh, I was living there for three years before moving to Oregon. So, yeah. You don't really want to say you're from California here because um, there's a lot of resentment and fair enough. I mean, rightly so. There's a lot of resentment of the Californians that have you know, come up to Oregon um, and, and driven prices up. It's um, I mean, when I first moved here uh, in 2015, even uh, we bought an expensive house for two hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Uh, you can't touch anything for that. I mean, I, I this in December we sold a three hundred and sixty-four square foot studio apartment for one hundred and sixty thousand. Oh my so gosh! This in five years, the, the the difference in in prices and what have you. I mean, we just bought um, the house I'm in right now. We just bought this in uh, March also, and it has increased in uh, value just in that space of time by. a, about
1: 50, no, what was it seventy thousand dollars? Yeah, in- I mean the housing market right now is is crazy. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, we we bought a place in Southern California. I mean, tangent. Sorry, uh, we bought, we bought our condo in Southern California in two thousand and like January two thousand eighteen uh, for mm-hmm. about two fifty, and mm-hmm. we sold it last month for almost three hundred thousand. Yeah. And so I mean in that small window of time <laughs> it's like 50,000
2: Yeah, 50, yeah I, I, our, our other house um the one that was 290 in 2015 we sold for 406 um <sighs> in in May.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's. It, but I mean again I, I, that, that that also affects the inventory levels too
2: that, and that's what that's what people complain about here is that their affordable housing is really a misnomer because yeah. there isn't any.
1: So I mean of course resources within the Oregon community we know that timber is what? one of the huge it, it's all about the <laughs> forest. Um, what other things is the state known for? Christmas trees. Oh, yes, of okay, course. It's
2: wood, but Christmas trees, likely, if, wherever you are in at least the Western United States, if you're buying a Christmas tree this year, it came from Oregon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Christmas trees, uh, wood, paper, mm-hmm. um, tennis shoes, yeah. <laughs> athletic clothing, of course, you know, Nike and what have you, your computer chips, Intel. Yeah. So, so, yeah, but but as far as resources, it's primarily uh, wood, wood products.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, now, you're obviously part of the educational community, as am I. Um, uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, what you know in terms of K-12 and then, obviously, the college community as well.
2: Sure. Um, one of the nice things about um, uh, Oregon is we do we have a 97% literacy rate, which is really high, especially for the United States. Um You know, people, people tend to look at Oregon and say, Oh, you know, you're, you're Hicks or whatever. No, we have a 90 97% literacy rate. It's very, very important here. Um, or, uh, the, the universities, uh, K through 12. Great. I have uh, several friends that are teachers at K through 12. Um, the, the governor has decided not to, um, open the schools and continue doing distance learning because we don't want our kids sick. um, but the, the colleges are great here. There's a, a wide variety. You've got the University of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Oregon State, which you've got a picture of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have preferred you had the University of Oregon. Sorry. Weavers up there, but okay. Your choice. Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> The reason I say that is because I teach at Oregon Tech, mm-hmm. Oregon Institute of Technology, which is part of the Oregon State University system in university. I'm sorry, uh, Oregon State Beavers so are part of that. We're the uh, Oregon Tech Owls. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have sports teams, actually, but it's we're very highly ranked um, as far as universities go in the United States, uh, ranked 35th uh, overall for all types of uh, four year university technical um, technically focused uh, colleges so we yeah we have a lot to choose from here as far as we've got reed college uh which we also call weed college
1: um we've got um, okay yeah. is, is, is 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 um is a uh, marijuana legal in the state of oregon
2: oh yeah it, it, it has been since 2016 well it, it was medicinally legal for a long time yeah. here but uh, it's been like
1: Recreational legal.
2: Recreational legal since 2016. Okay. Um, you know, In fact, when my, I moved my dad here a month and a half ago, uh, first thing I did, he is at, had some pain in his shoulder. I said, come on, pops, let's go into a weed store. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I like this.
1: <laughs> Um, one thing also really quickly, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but I'll, I'll run it by you anyways. Um, for the university of Oregon, uh, their mascot is the ducks. Yeah. And so that's their sports team. It's, it's fairly well known. And the mascot looks surprisingly familiar because a lot of people mistake that with Donald duck yeah. from Disney. Now, from what I understand prior to like, maybe like, I think prior to Disneyland or prior to, um, the inception of a lot of Walt Disney's contracts, there was actually two logos that were created by Walt Disney that were that were able to be used outside of outside of the Disney products, and one of them was the uh, duck, Ducks. the Oregon Ducks, and the other one was the Arizona Sun Devils. Yeah. Both of those two were. Ironically, created by and or association with Walt Disney, and are able to be used by those schools. So I think that's just a really fascinating story, especially because you know Disney is Disney, the Disney lawyer uh, fandom is, is a little is a little challenging sometimes, and so yeah. I would I was really surprised when I heard that that was still out there and that they didn't sue to have that taken it over. It's like no, I guess that that's built into that contract,
2: built into the contract, absolutely.
1: So, interesting. Now, in terms of the healthcare system in Oregon, you guys have a fairly good and and robust healthcare system.
2: Excellent healthcare system. As a matter of fact, um, under Obamacare, Oregon has one of the best uh, plan choices if you are underemployed or unemployed, uh, where things are – practically free uh, it, it is a phenomenal system um i just got my dad onto a medicare supplement plan when he moved here uh for the same price he was paying in utah he's getting the works you know uh so yeah we we have a very robust health system great hospitals mm-hmm. uh the providence system we've got oshu which is a research hospital um in fact in, in right near us there they're, they're at One of the um, Providence hospitals, they are constructing a heart transplant plan. Oh, wow! So, and, 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 and this is an important factor. Why a lot of people have moved to Oregon, and we should touch upon this, is because Oregon is the first state in the country to allow assisted suicide, okay. um, and and the right to the right to die the way you choose if you are um, terminally ill.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people, but it's one yeah. of those ones that. If unfortunately you have a family member or you yourself are struck with cancer or something to that extent and, and it is your wishes, I mean, obviously you want to know what your options are. And if, if Oregon does provide you with an option that you feel is appropriate for you and your family, then, and your faith, obviously, uh, then that's, then that's an important choice you need to be able to make. And if Oregon, you know, has it built into their constitution that that's, that's the case and that, that should be, that should, that 's a fantastic option then.
2: it 's a wonderful thing because um no you 're not just allowed to kill yourself I mean people do of course, but I mean it, yeah. you can 't just say oh i 'm sick and i 'm going to kill myself. It has to be you know done through your doctor and it 's assisted but' it 's a right to die with dignity law basically
1: and painless in some cases it's you know painless. because it, yeah. again you know you, you know you have like you mentioned a person who commits suicide unfortunately you know that 's a, that's a very difficult. Right. situation and they could they could screw it up even worse and then the, the, the situation could prevent them from actually dying and make their whole life even worse than it is but then if you have an assisted physician or a physician-assisted suicide situation um then yeah it becomes a, a smoother transition obviously
2: yeah. and it's only for terminal you know terminal Correct. So. I, I don't want people to think that we just say yeah i don't want to live anymore you know um, but it's 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 really um, you know and of course you know if, if your faith doesn't believe in that nobody's forced to do oh, yeah. it, it's an option for people and and, and that is why I, mean, I have a cousin who moved here she you know has had cancer uh, three times and she moved to Astoria, Oregon with the idea that if and when the time comes that she'll have that option.
1: And then let's talk about the communication structure in Oregon. Because, again, when I think of Oregon, I, I think of it in terms of you know a lush, wooded community everywhere. I, I don't know how the digital infrastructure is or how, how advanced the cellular structure is. Talk to me a little bit about what you're aware of in terms of how that's set up. Sure.
2: Um, I think just like pretty much anywhere in the States, just like even California, we have really good infrastructure. Of course, now I will tell you. When I drive to the coast from uh, from Portland to the coast, you go through a very heavily wooded area, and and for uh, several miles, I may not have, you know, reception or even you know or very good reception um, because it's hard to get a cell tower in the middle of a very dense forest where Bigfoot may take it down. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it down, um, but we did For the most part, we have very, very good service. Um, high speed internet um, everywhere. Um, I, when I travel, I usually have to work, so uh, I've really never been in a place where I haven't had any type of um, service. Although I will say, one house we did look at buying uh, not far from here, a little bit, you know, more in the forest, uh, Banks, Oregon. Mm. Um, Love the house. It was like six or seven acres uh, up in up in the top of the uh, mountain hill, and uh, but it had no internet capability or uh, cell service, and so we had to say no. We this is we can't do this. That's
1: a major. That's a major breaker in a lot of cases these days.
2: Yeah. Based on what we do for a living, uh, no. It, 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 it wasn't possible. So, so there are, there are areas that don't have good service still.
1: Yeah. And then safety and security, obviously you're in a state that's heavily wooded. So the fire community obviously in your area is, is an important resource or the firefighting community. I want to say,
2: you know, it is, but this, what happened this year uh, and most of the fires are in, Uh, eastern Oregon or, you know, southern, southeastern Oregon. Uh, What happened this year was very, very unusual. We don't really get fires, even in these heavily wooded areas. We tend to not it's like it's not like California where you get a fire every year mm-hmm. um, we don't get that this this was really a what they're saying was like a once in a century event um, we had a freak windstorm we don't get a lot of high winds either we had a freak windstorm on Labor Day that was hurricane level and then that's when the fires started and including two large ones in uh, you know near Portland um, the Portland Metro area mm-hmm. and because because our woods are we're surrounded by woods, even in Portland metro area. It's not like a city. And then then outside are the woods. The woods come right up to the city and within. Um, and then we had one further by uh, down by Eugene and they were both huge and they were about to combine, but the firefighters got a handle on it. So it's, it's not that common. Um, it's not like California where every year I worry about forest fires yeah. because we have so much wet weather, you know, it's, mm we're blessed by the fact that we get rain yeah and, and, um, and it's it helped this our air is now clear where three days ago we couldn't breathe
1: yeah because of those horrible fires um was, again
2: the wrong planet
1: yeah um in terms of have you have like in the time that you've been there have you even heard of any terrorism threats whether domestic or no foreign and then yeah, obviously. I will say the only
2: thing we do have is we, we get, um, you know, and this, this is more lately we're getting and they're coming down from Washington state, which is a whole other story. We're very different from Washington. Um, the Proud Boys and, and now they've got finally gotten national attention. The Proud Boys and the Patriot prayer groups that come down and try to um, really incite violence um, with Portlanders because Portland would be a very liberal city.
1: Yeah, and I, and I remember hearing about the um, stuff that was going on around the city hall area and stuff, oh, and yeah, yeah, in reference to the pot- protests. But then the federal government was getting involved in that too.
2: Yeah, uh, they're gone now. We kicked them out. <laughs> I feel happy to know, but um, and this is something I actually want to uh, touch upon for for your listeners that you know uh, the news has been really, really. Strange, um, because they, they, they talk about, you know, they give the impression that Portland's on fire and, you know, everybody's, you know, looting and um, literally everything that has been happening since the George Floyd uh, murder um, up until today. They've been protesting every single day since that day. Uh, not one day has gone by, but it's happening in a, in a two square block area. It's all of everything that the news is talking about is happening in a two square block area of Portland. It is literally the size of a dime compared to the Portland metro area or even the city of Portland. So no, you can still go down to downtown Portland and have coffee and all those and go to restaurants and you're not going to see, um, protesters. It's, it's just, it's unfortunate what the, the press has done.
1: Yeah. Again, it's just such a tragedy that everything's yeah. going on. Um, so I want to end this on a on a on a positive note in terms of you know some really important things. Now, you and I we're going to do another podcast following up next week, um, in refer- and and vlog in reference to uh, upcoming Halloween episodes. So stay tuned on that. We won't tell you much more at this point. So there's your hook. Um, but you have some amazing pictures on your website. You mentioned that you're a photographer as well. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your about your site?
2: Yeah. Um I, I travel all over the world and I, I see myself really as a cultural photographer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I um just before the pandemic, I was in Iceland uh last September and then in December I was in Cambodia. Uh-huh. So there are some added things there that um, I. I've, by the way,
1: shout shout outs for both those v- vlogs and podcasts because we have you. We have the debrief on you on that as well. But I, again, continue. Sorry about that.
2: Uh, no, that's fine. Um But I, I'm also very, very uh, keenly interested in local history, especially when I move somewhere. So I, I've done a lot of traveling around the state of Oregon. I, I'm very big on just you know throwing my laptop and my camera gear in my car and, and taking off. So I've I've covered a lot of Oregon and. Um, it's, it's just, it's magnificent. I, I, you know, I just really enjoy taking photographs. I mean, we have um, covered bridges. I'm doing a book on covered bridges right now. I've uh, taken, and unfortunately I think some of them have since burned down in the fires. Um, but we had 53 covered bridges still in a um, intact in Oregon, which is something people don't think about. They don't realize. And they're absolutely gorgeous. They're just a throwback to the past when you needed to cross the river and you needed to have a covered bridge because it would ice over because we live in a rainforest. So, um, so I'm doing currently doing a book. I was able to capture almost all of the uh, covered bridges in Oregon. Oh, nice. Um, and you know, of course we have beautiful waterfalls. Uh, Willamette falls is very well known. And, and I, I do a lot of photography. I've done a lot of photography locally as well.
1: And for those that are on the on the podcast who are not able to see the website it's www.fredericophotography spelled out dot com. is that correct? That is correct. Fantastic. Well, Marissa, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I know we're going to talk to you a million times more because you're such an amazing guest. So thank you so much for all you do. We really appreciate it. Now, for my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments, you are certainly welcome to reach out to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're on YouTube right now and you'd like to get notifications when there are new videos that come up, click the bell icon right above the screen. If you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button, and if you like this content and you'd like to see more of it, please Give us a like so that way we can give you more of that. Also, if you're on the podcast, please feel free to rate us highly. We really appreciate that. But until next time, my name is Scott.
0: I am The Professor Travel. Make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.